First Corinthians chapter 9, there in verse 24. When you have it, say amen. If you don't, say wait. Everybody's got it. Remember that in a race, everyone runs. But only one person gets the prize. You also must run in such a way that you will win. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we take nothing for granted. We give you the honor, the glory, the praise. And although the whole country has turned their attention to a ball made of pigskin, we want to give you honor where honor is due. We enjoy our time. Thank you for allowing us to enjoy a Super Bowl. But Lord, you are truly the greatest. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us, lead us, guide us. Let us run this race to win. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take your chairs. I like times like this, sporting events, where you see teams that have practiced almost, you know, their entire life. Even as kids began starting their their endeavor to reach the pinnacle in their sport. You know, when you look at a, a, a skater, like one of those women skaters, they start with their babies, and when they become the champion of, their, of, of what they do, it's like, that's an amazing feat, right? I like the NBA championships. Go Dubs, go Warriors. Um, baseball, the World Series, the Chicago Cubs. After like, you know, 10,000 years, they finally win. It was great, you know. These things, because you, you I, I, being an athlete and being involved, I understand everything they did to a certain extent. How hard, difficult it is um, to accomplish and be the best at what you're doing. You know what I mean? So the team today that makes the fewest mistakes and coach the best, they're going to win, right? Each team. It's putting everything he got to seize this opportunity because it may not come again. I remember Dan Marino, he went in his second year. If you know Dan Marino, quarterback, great quarterback for Miami Dolphins, second year and he lost the Super Bowl. And he says, they asked him, how do you feel? He goes, I don't, I don't like losing, but, but I know I'm young and I'll be back. He never went back to the Super Bowl to play in a game. Ah, he had to, he had to seize that opportunity. The leadership in and out of the huddle work hard to push the organization, that team, towards a goal. And today, the goal is that Lombardi Trophy, Super Bowl, right? Well, I like to consider myself a coach. You know, I'm, I, got a, I got a team. We call our team Victor Outage, Colorado Springs. And just like those teams who have to seize the opportunity and be dedicated to their craft, we have to seize our opportunity. We have an opportunity. We're, we're in a new location. 
We don't hit this. We, 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 didn't, we never really hit this. is like fertile land for Victory Outreach. New. We have a new building. Amen. Amen. So in other words, we have the equipment. We have, a, we have a new stadium. Not like the Raiders. They don't got a stadium yet. Oh. <laughs> They're talking about moving to Las Vegas. People say, are you mad? I go, heck no. Las Vegas is like a $75 flight from here. It's cool. I'm cool with it. I'm in, I'm in Colorado. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but we have a, a place to operate here. Yeah, yes, we do. Yes, we, do. So we have to seize the opportunity. We have to be dedicated to this, what we're doing. Yes. See, in our case, we don't win just a game. And I say just a game, no matter who wins, it's just a game. You know, people, some people get, you know, they get depressed for a month over a game. Hey, they, you know, your team lost. Yeah, but it's just a game. I was excited, I had fun, but it's just a game. The Warriors lost to Cleveland last year. It was just a game, even though um, that guy, what's his name? I don't want to even say his name, but it's just a game, <laughs> right? The Cavaliers, but uh, um, it all comes down to that. that. But what, we, what we're doing is not a game. That's right. That's right. We're not. We're not winning the game. We're winning souls. Amen. That's why I call it Super Soul Sunday. Huh? And every day, so every day for us is Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Every day for us is that Sunday when we should put our best out to the effort to bring people out to the game. Yeah. And if we're gonna do this, huh? We have to have. We have to. We have to have something. We have to have some kind of endurance that causes us to strain towards the goal. Not just little knit knack, patty whack, give a dog a bone type of endurance. We gotta. We gotta really strain to it. And as we're going through, we're gonna. It's gonna get hard sometimes. Then we have to encourage each other. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody ever need encouragement? Yeah. Hey man, the devil doesn't like you or your mama. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. The devil don't like you. He, the Bible is clear. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's right. That's right. So if that's a fact, we know we're always under attack mentally because the, the battle is up here, right? Well, sometimes we bring in our own trials, but that's another message. But we have to support each other. We can't put each other down when somebody blows it. How, can, how dare we? As if we've never blown it. No, it doesn't, it doesn't mean we uh, accept you blowing it. No, we don't want you to blow. We want you to stop. But we understand. We not only care, but we understand. So... You go through your ups and downs, so you have to have that endurance. You know what I'm talking about? Endurance. That stamina to stay the course. I go and I see these, I go to the gym all the time. I'm a gym rat. And you see all, you, you see all these guys come in, Hercules. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Hercules, 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 big old guy, boom. You know, and they walk in, I'm watching, right? And they get these waves, bam, bam. I, but none of them will work out with me. Because I don't work out like them. I said, get, get as much weight as you can handle, because we're going to do 10 exercises in a row without stopping. We're not going to and then look in the mirror. No, 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 no. You're going to start here, get your 10 exercises, and make sure you get a lightweight, because I, I don't want you to be a lightweight, but <laughs> I want you to make it. Because we're not going to do all that show and tell stuff. I want to see what you're made out of. Right? Yeah. So we start on our, and we do 10 exercises straight. If it's deadlifts, clinging jerks, whatever, but we're going to do all of them in a row, in a row, and then we're going to, then we're going to end. Well, those guys that are real big like that, they're all show and tell, they lack one thing. They, they're strong as a mule, yeah. Yeah. Huh? but they have no endurance. That's right. 
So we don't want show and tell. I don't want no Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right? No, I want somebody with endurance. Yes. yes. You can look big and carry a big Bible, but we need people with stamina and endurance. Yeah. Hello, you know what I'm talking about? Why? Because if we're going to seize the opportunity, we have to have a powerful church. Yeah. Uh, and listen, we have to have this type of mentality because we are on or we live on the cutting edge of ministry. That's right. And to stay on the cutting edge is a little difficult. If, if, if it's kumbaya Christianity, it's one thing, and that's cool, I guess. I don't know about that. But we're on the cutting edge. We're always going after the unwanted. Yes. Now, granted, we don't just want the unwanted. You know, we like to have a couple of doctors and lawyers and candlestick makers, you know, some normal folk. We really do. We got Sam. <laughs> right? I, I, I can also, we got Nancy. Hallelujah. <laughs> we want normal folk. But for whatever reason, it's my fault. I take it, it's my fault. Right? We get the abnormal people. Now, abnormal doesn't mean bad. It means they've had a little unique lifestyle, got, did, did a, uh, some, some unique things in their life that maybe the po-po was after them. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? And we seem to reach people like that. And that's how I like it. But to deal with people like that, you have to live on the cutting edge. You have to stay sharp. Why? Because every now and then you might have to pull out that edge and deal with somebody sitting next to you. When I say edge, I'll talk about spiritual edge, right? Uh, we have a special anointing for treasures out of darkness. Huh? We're the experts when it comes to outreach. We're the professionals. We are the people who, who people come to when it comes to a Christian-based drug and alcohol treatment program. Huh? We are the pros when it comes to reaching out to gangsters and gang members. They don't go anywhere else. They come here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not only that, the cutting edge, we believe in leadership development, discipleship training. And our continual push is to raise men and women up towards leadership. That's the essence of who we are. I've heard people say, well, you speak too much about leadership. Well, if you don't want to hear it, I'm, I'm sorry, because that's who we are. Because I have been taught by my pastor, by Sonny, by, pastor, by Nikki, by all our leaders, that if we don't have leaders, we cannot reach the world. Can't do it. We need men and women who are willing to lead. And bleed. What do I call that? I call that bleedership. Hmm? Oh, see, while this push should, should provoke us to greatness, it could be hazardous to some. Because some people just aren't really who they claim to be. Can I say it like that? Yeah. Hmm? See, but if we stay the course, I don't, I don't want to talk about them because they're not here. You're here. But I'm talking to you. But if we stay the course, if you stay the course, you will be the person who makes a difference in this world. Amen. You will be that person. You're going to do something. You are going to affect somebody's eternity yes. if we stay the course. Thanks, and that's what I'm looking at. I want to affect somebody's eternity. Yes. Anybody with me? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. So we have to seize our opportunity. We develop our leadership because we are committed to the cause. Hello, somebody. We've been given a mandate. We have a vision. Huh? We have an anointing. We live on the cutting edge. Yeah. That's who we are. Now, 
Do you want to remain on the cutting edge? Come on. See, to remain there, sometimes it's a God, help me. And God would help me, but I'm going to let you in on something. If you want to remain on the cutting edge, it's going to take your personal effort. God did his part. He gave us an anointing. It's like when, it, when the, the Jews came out of the promised land, and he said, there's the promised land, there's there. Oh, but there's one little thing I left over there for you. What? There's giants in those lands. Giant, God could have easily took out the giants, right? He goes, no, 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 no. I got, gave you the promised land, but I, 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 you need those giants. Why? Because there's things still in you that got to come out. There's things in there that, that you need to learn, and it only, you'll only learn it through effort. So you got to do something about it. And then not only just effort, you're going to have to get discouraged every now and then. You're going to have to go through it every now and then. Why? Because people have to learn how to encourage each other. So I'm going to leave some giants in the land. And not only that, you have to stay the while, right? you got to have some endurance. So I'm going to leave a couple of more giants. There's, there's all kinds of trouble out there for you. But that's still your land. So some people think, well, God gave me the promised land. It should be a peaches and cream. Peaches and cream, you only get that at Village Inn. Peaches and cream. <laughs> no. There's giants in the land. So we need effort. We got to be, be ready to fight straight towards the goal. Uh-huh. That, I'm not talking about that superficial effort, the shallow. I'm talking about depth. Because we don't want to have inconsequential effort. You know what I mean? We don't want that little, tiny, shallow. You know, you ever be a person who's shallow? Little conversation, nothing to say? No, no, we want depth, substance. Without depth, there's no meaning to life. Inconsequential means what? The outcome is no importance. So we, your effort should be intentional. You know, because I know a lot of people stay busy and put a lot of effort, but all they're doing is staying busy and getting tired. Their effort is inconsequential. And they think by staying busy, God's pleased. No, God is not pleased with busyness. God is pleased with results. Yes. He goes to the manager. I gave you 10 talents. I gave you one talent. I gave you talents. What'd you do with them? Oh, I was afraid, so I hid it. Get, get this kick rocks. Hey, that's, that's the Loma translation. Get out of here. Why? Because the, the master says, where's, your, where, where's the results? You could have put that money on, in, in the account and made some interest. What did you do with what I gave you? I was afraid, sissy. Hmm? We have to do something. Why? For 2 Corinthians 5 reads like this. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Your effort has to have meaning in order to stay the course. If you're just working hard, it's hard to stay motivated. Right? It's hard. So we have short-term goals, long-term goals. Right? Effort. See, when you begin to put effort, you're going you're gonna to see results quickly. You know why? Because you're going to see less, what is that, gold chairs and more people. Come on. Why? Because your effort will be reflective on that. Effort. It doesn't happen by magic. That's right. It happens by effort. There's giants in the land. That giant might be your neighbor. Might be your cousin. Might be your enemy. Huh? So your effort lives in your motivation. It's like this when you're motivated. It is harder to remain champ than it is to become a champ. Why? Because once you become a champ, all of a sudden like, I'm saved. Great, wonderful. No, no, wait. But you have to remain. That's right. It's harder to remain champ. 
That's why, like, it's Amer- you know, they talk about Ollie the greatest and all these people the greatest. And one guy, poor guy, gets left out of the picture. And he probably was the greatest. I think he was, he was a champion for like 11 years. Heavyweight champion. A man by the name of Larry Holmes. He was a champ for almost ten, over 10 years. <laughs> to remain champ. They don't talk about him. Why? Because he was in the big mouth like Ali. I'm the greatest. I float like a butterfly. I sting like a bee. Right? <laughs> Go on, man. <laughs> One of the greatest champs. He, he didn't have that powerful knockout punch like Mike Tyson. Hey, I'm going to beat somebody up. With a voice like that, you have to beat people up. Huh? It's harder to remain champ than it is to become champ. Right? See, we're, we're called to be champions. Today, we will find out, though, whose motivation reaps the reward today of the Super Bowl. Who is more motivated? Well... Who's going to give more effort? Who's more dedicated? The type of effort you exert depends on how much, how important rather, what you think you do is, and how much you want to do it. How, how, how much? You know, one guy, he was on a team that I don't like, but I like him. Because when he got older and mature, he left that team and went to a better team. A man by the name of Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott, 49er, cornerback. To me, the best cornerback corner to ever play the game. Could hit you like a linebacker. He broke his finger one time during a game. Broke it, dislocated. And he tells the trainer during the game, cut it off. And to this day, he has no finger. During the game, they cut it off. He taped it back up and went in the game. It was a playoff, a champ, NFC championship game. It was cut it off. Look it up. It's amazing. I go, wow, I like him. Don't like the Niners, but I like him. Why? Because he was willing, he was committed to the cause. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what we need, everybody. That type of commitment to the cause of Jesus Christ. What, what's causing you to stumble? Huh, I'm not trying to talk bad about your loved one, but if your family's causing you to stumble, your best friend's causing you to stumble, your neighbor's causing you to stumble because they want you to drink, they want you to smoke, they want you to... Cut it off! Cut it off. Because that's going to hurt you. Cut it off. Effort. What kind of effort are you willing to go? Hello, somebody. Hmm? Someone asked the Lord in Luke chapter 13, verse 23. Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to him, verse 24, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. L- listen, read that. Don't get mad at your pastor. Many, and how? And we, we say many, how many people do you know are a part of that many? Yeah. I mean, he's talking about somebody, right? He's just not talking about my family because I have a few many in there. He's talking about all of our families, probably the person you were with last night, if they're not serving God. 
Many will say, oh, my grandma went to church. Hey, sister, you're on your way to hell because grandma ain't here right now. Right, right. Many will. Jesus said, many. He said, you better make every effort. Don't you think you got this coming just because you go to Victor Outreach and Pastor, Pastor Albert's preaching? You ain't, that's not a such domino. He said, make every effort. Because yeah. many will come to that door and will not be able to. So what kind of effort? See, Ronnie Lott, what do you say? What do you say? Cut it off. So when, that, when you know that thing, that, that temptation, you know that thing that makes you weak, you know that thing that makes you confused, what are you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. I say her two people, what, what are you going to say? Yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah. In the back, what are you going to say? Yeah. Got to cut it off. You need to make every effort. Hello, someone. Amen. So you got to go through. Because some people don't like change. Hello. I was with a brother. He had, he had to move his thing around. And it was good change. He still didn't like it until he changed. And he goes, hey, that's not that bad. Oh, yeah. Most, uh, nobody likes change, even good change. Hmm? It's like, remember that one I, to, I told you about the two caterpillars? These two caterpillars, they're walking on her, and they're, they're just kicking, not going very far, but they're moving, going on the grass. And all of a sudden, they see the shadow behind them, right? And they ducked, and they go, and it was a butterfly. And the caterpillar goes, whoa, did you see that? I've seen that, man. And that one caterpillar said the other guy, and they're like in agreement. Ah, you'll never catch me in one of those. <laughs> see, even good change, they didn't like. Some of you are like a caterpillar. God wants you, wants you to fly like a butterfly, but you don't want to go in the cocoon. Can't go, you can't go into the, you can't fly unless you go into the cocoon. Jesus couldn't get resurrected until he went into the grave. Right. What's hindering you? What's hindering you? Cut it off. Hmm? See, Paul's ability to adapt was based on his desire to please Jesus. He said, because I want to win souls so that I may win souls. To the weak I become weak. Huh? I become all things to all men so that I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel. Hmm? Are you, what are you willing to do for the sake of God? Sometimes I'm telling right now, and some people are not willing to do anything for the sake of gospel. Look at the sake of the gospel. Every effort, what do you have to cut out of your life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't determine that for you. I can't. It's not my job. My job is to share with you. I'm like a, remember, I'm a coach. See, I can coach, coach. I can give you the play. Okay, you're going to go take 10 yards, go down and out. My, my quarterback's bad, right? He's going he's gonna to throw a bullet. Boom, you're going to catch it. But there's always a defensive back trying to mess things up. Yeah, true. I could draw up the plan for you, but unless you execute, you're going to lose the game. Hmm? The axis of our effort must be bigger than life. Our plan must be God-centered, not God-arranged. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Let me say it again. I wrote it down. I like it. I'm going to read it twice. Our plan must be God-centered, yes. not God-arranged. Mm. What am I saying? See, our plan is centered, but God doesn't necessarily come down with his pen and paper and write the plan down for you. You have to make the effort. It's God arranged because we're trying to do it God's way. And it, but, it's, but we know one thing. This plan is God-centered. Amen. But you have to do the effort. 
You have to do something, right? Huh? So our plan, with God's plan rather, fatigue is not an issue. Ooh. Wow, I'm getting bored. I'm writing good stuff down. See, why? Because if God is doing it, you'll never get tired. If you're getting tired, chances are you're not doing God's plan. You're doing your plan and trying to make it look like God. When it's God's plan, there's no fatigue. That's how I've been able to last 31 years. I'm more excited today than I was the day I got saved. And I see people, I'm tired of ministry, I need to take a break. I break, get break. I never, listen, in the world, I never took a break getting high. Can I say that? I never took a break. You know, I'm tired of getting high. I'm going to take a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a let's not get high break. Are you kidding me? I was a dope fiend, smoked dope every day, stuck things up my nose. I drank. I didn't say, oh, I need a break today. When I got a hangover, what did I do? I got drunk again so I could get rid of the hangover. And also we got all saved and turned all the Shirley Temple cunt out of us. Oh, I'm tired. I got to take a break. If you're tired, you're not doing God's plan. You're doing your, your plan in church. Stop it. We need to do God's plan, and you will never, ever get tired. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't happen. Does, it's impossible. Impossible. Say, look to your neighbor and say, it's impossible. impossible. Uh, see, exhaustion comes when we mix our agenda. We said again, exhaustion comes when we mix our agenda with God's vision. And wrestling with God, wrestling in general, is the most demanding sport on earth. If you've never wrestled, try it. I, I played all sports. The hardest sport I ever got involved in was wrestling. Because it sucks every ounce of oxygen out of your body. Huh? Yet, many wrestle with God about their purpose. Ultimately, it's an issue of whose will you want to follow. So endurance is not an issue to a person with a surrendered will. Remember the opening scripture, that we run in a race. Everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. You, hey, little B, you also must run in such a way that you will win. All athletes practice strict self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But you do it for an eternal prize. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I'm not like a boxer who misses his punches. So every single step with purpose. Every single step. I don't make, listen, you may think I'm not just saying this. I'm just saying this. I don't make a move unless my move is centered on God's purpose. Or I just, uh uh-uh. I don't care what I do. If I'm out there doing something, it's because God is orchestrating somehow, some way. Hmm? I wait. I wait. I ain't got the time. I'm getting older and older and older and older. We're all getting older. I ain't got time to play around and waste no more. Huh? So everything's got to be God-centered, God-focused. That's what I do. That's what I try to do every single day. Oh, I, I might try to get away sometimes and look at a movie. But if I ain't looking at a movie, all I'm thinking about is, God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want me to go? God, is this of you? God, is this, is this you? God, should I talk to my wife today? God, should I do this? God, my grandbaby. God, my men. God, the women. God, the church. God, this. God, that. That's, all I, that's, all I, that's, that's my thought pattern 
all day long. I ain't thinking about colors or curtains and colors of this and all this other stuff. It just comes. That's, you know, that's extra. That's, oh, that's nice. That's like, you know, that's like putting salt on my steak. I like to have salt in my steak, but listen, I'll eat a steak without salt. I'll eat that meat. Amen? Yeah. We have to encourage each other. Right? Amen. But the endurance, we need encouragement. Run as to win the prize, he says. And it's not just the prize of getting people saved. I am persuaded that the prize Paul describes here is the opportunity to be involved in the greatest activity on earth, this side of heaven, win souls. Amen. Paul says, you're, you're, God has allowed you. It's not like, oh, well, you know, um, like, like we need you. Listen, I'm going to let you in on something. God doesn't need us. I know it's hard to believe, but even before we were born, the gospel was being preached. Yeah. Thousands and millions and millions of people reach the gospel. He doesn't need us. He gives us an opportunity. Yeah. Now think about that. He gave us the opportunity to partner with him. Yeah. That's it. And Paul is saying just that. The prize is, look, you have an opportunity. What are you going to do with it? God, think about it. Nobody else would partner with you. Now God wants to partner with you. Even though you're a dope fiend, even though you're lost, even though you're a fornicator, even though you just smoke too much dope, even though you're a liar, God, want, God for whatever reason, want, wants to partner with us. Hmm? Let me see this. We have to step... What time is it? Yeah. We have to step into the supernatural. Come on. Okay, I'm talking about, and don't raise your hand or don't, whatever, I'm not looking for a reaction here. But has anybody really tapped the supernatural in their life? When I say tap, not just salvation, because everybody gets that. I am talking about a point where, where you have felt the anointing of God, and you have spoken, you have done things, and affected an environment with power. And you know, like, whoa, that was way beyond me. What was that? Right, and most Christians never experience that. And I, I am convinced they don't get into the supernatural because they're not putting in the endurance, or rather the effort, right? And then they're getting weary and well-doing, and they miss it. And then there's not a body around them to encourage them, get back up, get back up. I've been there, I hurt, and I'm about to keep going. Because you got to get these stages. It doesn't happen initially. It, it may not happen for the first four years. It may not happen for the first five years, eight years. But if you are endurance and you still seek God with all your heart, my friend, you are going to touch the supernatural. I, I equate that with Super Bowl Sunday, right? Like getting into the red zone. You know what the red zone is? The red zone, for, you, for those who don't understand football, the red zone is that 20-yard line before scoring a touchdown. They call that the red zone. And it is much harder to score a touchdown when you're in the red zone than it is when you're outside of the red zone. Why? Because there's less playing field, and the defensive people are more crowded. They don't have to cover much ground. So the, the field getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So there's the same amount of people but less field. Very difficult to score in the red zone. But I'm trying to get you into the red zone and teach you how to score. Most people say, for the sake of 
for the sake of not scaring people away, can I say it like that? They want to keep you in a large field just to keep you in attendance. But you can't score in a large field. You'll never touch the supernatural. It'll all be superficial. Hi, God bless you. Hi, hi, Sally. Oh, I love your shoes. Oh, hey, Joe, what's happening? Hey, what's happening, bro? What you doing? Let's go have a beer. Because most, most churches allow their people to drink, and they don't say nothing about it. Let's go have a beer. Matter, what am I saying? Some of the pastors be drinking. Those people are not going to get into the red zone. They're not going to get into the red zone. And as a pastor like me, I'm always pushing people to the red zone. Those people who don't want the red zone get offended. I'm not trying to offend anybody here. I'm just trying to tell you like it is. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in heavenly places. So what does that mean? If, 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 why did Paul say that? Because he was just what, trying to scare us? Ooh, the boogeyman, the kukui. Why is he saying that? He's saying it because it's true. So I don't know about you, but when I know I have an opponent, right? When I know there's somebody against me, oh yeah? All of a sudden I get all crazy. I said, oh, if I got an appointment, opponent, I'm going to learn everything I can to obliterate that guy. I'm going to learn everything I can to take my opponent out. I mean, I, I, I'm just like that. My daughter was a co- My daughter, that's a good one, just came to me. My daughter, she was a good basketball player. She, she can ball. Fast, spin, behind the back, left-handed, right-hand, because we would always play basketball. She made varsity as a freshman, right? Good. So... But when she was in, um, what do you call that? The, um, the, where the kids play basketball? Um, where you worked. Where, YMCA, where, you, where did you work? YMCA, right? Yeah, well, they, had, they had a basketball league, right? And so I go, I go one day, bring my daughter, and I'm sitting there, and the coach that was supposed to coach that team never showed up. So I'm just sitting there. They go, we have no coach. I go, what do we have no coach? We have no coach. So we, we, this team can't go. They had like six other teams. Sorry, guys, you don't have a coach. You guys got to get a coach. If you don't get a coach, you can't play. I said, and I go, oh, man. I go, okay, I'll coach. I'll coach. You coach? I'll coach. I'll coach. I'll coach. So I was a coach. Basketball coach. My stardom began right there. <laughs> so I got him. And we, I coach him. Man, I made them run, do lines. They were all sweating. Keep running. Oh, they were running away. I played to win. I was coaching like the fellas. Get out. Let's go around. And we ran. We went. We were undefeated. And so when they started winning, they started, they started liking the running. Before in the beginning, oh, why are you so mean to us, coach? Crying. Keep running. Keep running. Running. But when they won, all of a sudden, they liked running. See, when you have a goal and you accomplish it, all that work you put is not work no more. All of a sudden you like it because they knew that work that coach made us do it made us win. Let's run, coach. Okay, now you guys like running. Yeah, let's run, coach. Let's shoot, coach. And they love, they dug it. Well, here we are, undefeated. Six, seven and oh, something like that. Then they go, oh, you got a playing so-and-so team. I go, so? Oh, they got a girl. This girl was tall as me. And, you know, my, my, these are eight-year-olds. And this girl, like, looked at me in the eye. I go, wait, we got the Jolly Green Giant here. <laughs> so remember, I played to win. We got a Jolly Green Giant here. Come here, girls. 
They're, and they're all timid. Oh, oh, God, what are you going to do? Look how big she is. Come here. Come here, girls. I got a plan. Oh, okay. Everybody, if that tall girl walks by you, push her. What do you mean? Just, just push her. And if she's close to you, lean on her. Come here. Come here, Cory. Or... So I go, and I go, ah, I go like this. And she's next to you, go like this. Just, just, just do that to her until, she, until the, the ref tells you to stop or she gets all mad. But everybody, all of you do that. Okay. And, and the whole game, I'm watching, and they're pushing her. And she's like this. And the first, first quarter, she's pushing them back. She's fighting them back. Second quarter, she's like, leave me alone. Third quarter, she's like, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I, I had to repent. She collapsed. I go, oh, no, I killed her. No, I didn't do, you know, I was trying to win a game. She collapsed. She was so exhausted, tired, that she couldn't play the last quarter. We come back, and we win. I was, like, excited. The girls, they were so cute, the little girls, because these were the undefeated, undisputed champion of the league. Nobody can beat them. They're unstoppable. They have LeBron James, Curry, and all of them all together, right? Unstoppable. And the third court, listen, when she went down, the girls felt like King Kong, and we dismantled them. I said, yeah, that's what I talk about. Right? Now, that, what does that say? We have an opponent. The opponent is the devil. Let me say it again. The opponent is the devil. That's right. That's right. That's right. And we have to, when you see it, hit him. And if you see the devil hitting Jose, hit him. And if he gets by you, you can hit him. And if he gets over there by the home, kick him. And man, you know what I'm saying? We have the point of the devil. And we all got to get against him. We all got to turn around and go against that fool and start hitting him and hitting him and hitting him and hit. Don't you dare let him hit you without hitting him back. Don't you dare just take a punch. You might take a punch, but we're not boxing. We're not hitting the air. You look at that devil's chin and nail him right in the mug. That's how I think. The devil wants to fight? Come on, punk. See, he tried to kill me. Didn't kill me. I'm still here. I was in the hospital 40 days. Tried to kill me. I thought, devil, you should have killed me when I had a chance. Didn't he? Uh-uh. He tried to take me out. Oh, man, I, I've been through a mess, right, Deborah? I've been through the mill and back. And, I'm, and I, you know what? I feel... I know I'm not trying to brag, because I'm not. I feel better than ever. Thank you, Lord. I feel stronger. I feel smarter. I feel more relaxed. I feel more at ease. The pressures around me, I don't even, I look around me and all the things that are going crazy, it's not, it's like, it's not, like it's not even there. I go, that's it? Let's do this, man. And all this mess is happening. And all of a sudden, we walk into this building. I the devil, now I know why. You were scared. You're a chavala. And the, remember, I'm on the 20-yard line. You were afraid. You're afraid. Devil, the devil's afraid of us. It's not me. Remember, a church is not determined by the pastor. The, a church's strength is determined by you, by the church members. That's right. I'm just the figurehead. You're the power. I'm just the coach. Remember, when, 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 uh, the coach doesn't get MVP. One of you should get the MVP. Most valuable preacher. 
Do we have any MVPs in the house? So we need some most valuable preachers. You're it. That's why we're here in Super Bowl Sunday. Huh? We have to move past the the 50-yard line, get into the red zone, and score. Hmm? What would happen? I was like, close. If we all committed to filling three seats, that's it. If everyone was committed to filling three, what would happen? That doesn't seem like a very big goal to me. It's like, that's it? Just three? Yeah, just three. Three seats. Who can I get here? You're going to have to fight for me. We're going to have to have some effort. And most of the time, when you first ask them in the beginning, they're going to turn you down. They're going to tell you, shut up, leave me alone. So when you feel like that, don't come to church. We'll encourage you. You're going to get turned down, made to feel bad, and they're going to avoid you and talk about you. It's all right. We'll stay encouraged. But keep doing it. Got to have endurance. Got to have endurance. Right? What would happen? See, if Paul tells us to follow him as he follows Christ, then we must begin to exercise faith. Huh? See, first, he looks at it, he says, Paul, the Apostle Paul, I got to become all things, all men. Why? Second, why? Because I got to seek the good of others. And really, why? So we can win souls. <laughs> so our Lombardi trophy, the Lombardi trophy is the trophy they get when they win the Super Bowl, is a person we bring to Jesus. Hmm? That's where I get the term when we have the most valuable preacher. When your words begin to prick the conscience of an individual, when your life begins to shine light into a dark area and people are changed, then you become an MVP. I don't know about you, but I want to be an MVP. Huh? Paul tells us to run in such a way as to win. Just like me coaching my little girls. You know, to this day, I had this one little girl. She was a part of my forward. She went on to, be, to college. She went on to play college ball. She, hey, coach, she sees me on the on King Super. Hey, coach, remember me? I go, no, who are you? I'm, and she tells me her name. And I go, really? Yeah, yeah, I play for this team now. And I go, watch it. She was good then. I go, check that out, man. I coach you. Me, yeah, all right, girl. Little girls. It was so funny, man. Because I know these, they're all girls, and girls are different than boys. Right? They are. If you don't know that, I, now this generation, they're getting closer and closer, but we got to fight that. Girls are different than boys. So we play, right? And, the, and we'd win, and all the girls would run, and they want to hug me. We had like seven girls now. Girls, they all run. And, I, and see, in, the, in there, in the um, YMCA, they, have, they, they go through a whole thing that what, what you can't do as an adult to kids because of, of child abuse and this bad, terrible time we live in. And so they don't let no hugging. Right? So this is comical. We'd, we'd win and they'd come on a hug me, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like pushing away. I can't hug you. I can't hug you. No, no, they're trying to hug me. That was like, and I caught myself. That is so dumb. Right? But that's the world we live in. Hmm? That's the world we live in. And I don't, I, we got to do something about it. 
Because that's, that's the world your kids are going to grow in. You're, that, this, if we don't do something, I refuse to have my life and just live my life and allow the world to be like that without at least a fight. Without at least a fight. If we can't change maybe we can't change it. But you know what? I'm going to fight going down. That's all we can do. Right? We have to play to win. We don't play to compete. You don't get a participation trophy. You have to play to win. Those who just compete, they come in second. Paul says you must run this race to win the prize, not to be in second. Play like the Super Bowl Sunday is every Sunday. I may not be the fastest nor the strongest. I just work on my technique. You may not be the best, but if you work on your technique, you'll last. You'll stay. You'll grow. 1 Corinthians 9, and I'm going to close with this. Verse 27. I harden my body with blows and I bring it under control. Under complete control to keep myself from being disqualified after having called others to the contest. I discipline myself. I harden my body. Christianity may be difficult, but life with Jesus without Jesus is much worse. In fact, life without Jesus is unbearable. The Winnington Day right here, today must overcome adversity, hardships, hurt feelings, the pressures of responsibilities. So Paul tells us we need strict training. Huh? We all need to have a time to pray and fast as a habit of love. So I'm believing. Listen, this is what I'm believing for. I'm believing that we dedicate ourselves to understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ in depth. Not merely at church service. Oh, this should be a culmination of all the great things you did at home. Today, should, that's what we call a celebration. You've done things. You've studied. You've learned. you talked to your friend. You've loved your neighbor. You did something good for God. And then you come here and we have our service together in victory. That's what this should be. The church, this church will have people committed to employ every single asset they have to a dying and hurting world. Reaching them. Simply bring somebody to church. The Apostle Paul, his commitment required him to declare, I beat my body and make it a slave. In other words, cut it off. The prize is soul, the soul. We play to win. And soul winning conditions you. Listen, soul winning conditions you to put forth effort, to endure hardship, and encourage your neighbor. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.